All right, ready? I already record. Okay, let's do this. Hola, como estas? Welcome to another episode of Tequila High Club. On today's show, we are looking at a tequila that doesn't really have a proper tequila story. However, they do class themselves as the party tequila. So we're going to be learning about that. And we also have one of my very good friends for a good number, for a good amount of years. It's already started. We are going to see exactly what it's like to go on a journey as a woman when things happen, when you least expect it. And also, how do you find yourself while you're going viral on YouTube, on social media, yet you don't actually end up having the rights or the ownership to that with your own brand? We're going to figure out what does that feel like and also... How do you find yourself amongst all of that craziness? So, without further ado, Suzelle. What an intro. <laughs> how are we? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. So good to have you here. Mm-hmm. Let's get into uh, some tequila, hey? Nice. What's your thoughts on tequila? I'm not a big drinker anymore. I'm more of a wine, wine kind of gal. Um, but if I'm going to get a shot, it will always be tequila with salt and lime or orange. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to... Uh, purpose of today is to really educate you that we don't really just want to just take shots of tequila and this is the reason why people hate tequila because you do you're right you're at a nightclub you're at a bar you take a shot and you always have to chase it with some lemon and salt it's probably one of the worst things to actually chase with a tequila so what we're going to be going through today is this is the Almerca tequila. Now, this is um, an interesting tequila. It's reposado. So, reposado means rested in Spanish. So, this just means usually all the reposados are colorful like this. They're like that kind of orange tinge. And that's because they sit in barrels and they rest. Okay. Yeah. So, then because they sit and they age for a little bit, that's how they come out after they're distilled. So, let's, uh, let's have a taste of this and we'll see... Uh, what your thoughts are and then i'll explain so let's just what what do you smell tequila <laughs> <laughs> one one star so far yeah on me yeah oh yeah one gold star is that what you do to taste tequila as well you don't like dribble like that but <laughs> but because with wine you the tequila works more so like when you start tasting it, you'll ha- you'll taste it once, right? And then as you taste again and again and again, just like this, your then palate on your tongue starts actually really tasting the different flavors. Okay. So this is the problem. So this is actually real. This is one of the cheaper tequilas out there, and I just really wanted to taste it because it's a reposado, and for a a cheaper bottle, it was, it's been rested, it's aged for five months inside some American uh, white oak barrels. They're ex-bourbon barrels. So this is why I really wanted to taste it because tequila, especially mezcal, they can come like cheaper versions, but they end up tasting really, really smooth and good. So do you feel that this kind of tastes a little bit smooth? This is the first time I've been able, one of the first times I've been able to drink tequila and sip it straight mm. usually it i need to chase you're just like oh. <laughs> yeah yeah 
So well, what what's some of the, the flavors that you're feeling right now? I don't know if it's my head. I'm thinking honey, but maybe I'm just looking at the color. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, to me, all straight spirits taste like nail polish remover. Yeah. But this is a nice one. This is a nice nail <laughs> polish remover. This is a nice, nice nail polish remover. Well, because they've used the ex-bourbon um, casks to age this in, you're getting that sweetness through. So with bourbon and whiskey, when you age it for long enough, um, you start getting more of the sweet kind of like uh, softer um, flavor to it mm-hmm. and the softer touch. So the the reason why this is quite sweet compared to other tequilas is the people behind this actually wanted to create a tequila that was great for bartenders to use for cocktails to mix with. So something that could really easily be used in different type of uh, cocktails and it doesn't have that tequila punch. Mm. So when you have something sweet, then everything with a cocktail, every cocktail is pretty much you know some sort of sweetness, right? Yeah. So that's why they created it. Um, the company itself was uh, founded in 1967. So they've had a lot of years, um, but it wasn't until a couple of bartenders came in and then they rebranded in 2012 to try and deliver a different sense of branding throughout the world for bartenders. Okay. So their actual slogan is bring the party, not the plant. And this is the first tequila. And I said this in the introduction, which was very interesting to me. I tried to do a lot of research. Usually I can go in and I can go on Wikipedia. I can find articles about the company, um, you know, the, the history but this doesn't really have that much of a history. There's no real story on the, on the website. So if everyone watching and later on I can show you, uh, you go to the website, which is allmeccatequila.com and you'll see it straight away. There's a huge photo of just random things happening in one big party. It's like a house party, but there's so much random shit going on. I love It's that. hilarious. And then it comes up saying, bring the party, not the plant. Okay. So, yeah, so that's that. Nice. And then with the um, with the, the barrel, the bourbon as well, that's where they wanted a bit of a smokiness as well to it. So it kind of had that like kind of burnt kind of taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can taste the burnt. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's have a shot because now we're going to talk about, and I, I, it's kind of, this is, I, I miss being able to tell a real story about like the tequila, but this is kind of all I have for now for this Olmeca. Um, one of the actual cool thing is they got one of like the stone, um, stone kind of hinge that's, that goes back into the Spanish times, like of the, um, the Aztecs and that, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. What do you think about the bottle? It looks like a beautiful tequila bottle. The thing that I like the most about it is the, um, the engraving the, yeah the engraving in the actual glass itself yeah i really like that it doesn't look like a cheap bottle at all it looks quite schnazzy there's a really like it's hard for sometimes for glasses to be able to actually mold something like this the one thing i do not like about this is i just feel like they've gone too far with like the entire like the entire detail so when you look at it it actually seems to cheapen the bottle that's another thing as well there's too much going on yeah. So, I mean, if they, if they kind of simplified it, but at the end of the day, um, it does Maybe. kind of look like a big party going on and that does also work to their advantage. So, yeah. let's, um, let's go for now. Let's go have a shot and then 
we're going to talk about the story of Suzelle, and there's way more to talk about okay. than this bottle of Omerka. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. The best. Okay. So before we do go on, uh, how would you rate, out of 10, how would you rate this tequila? Um, just because of how easy it is to drink. Like, I didn't have to run for the orange right away. Uh-huh. I'd go like seven, eight, eight. Eight? Seven and a half, eight. Okay, very cool. It's actually the community um, votes have actually given it a lot less. Really? Yeah. Maybe I just don't know my tequilas. Well, I mean, I can taste it because... Um, I'm actually going to put the tequila in first. You can taste like this. Like, there's no real... Tequila is an interesting thing, right? People are so consumed by the story and the and the soul to a tequila and the company, um, the the uh, the maestro as well who does all the recipes and everything. And so I noticed that when I'm looking around, I'm doing researching for like tequilas for the show, that when a company doesn't go all in on its heritage of tequila itself. They seem to just not get a good rating from the community. Mm-hmm. And I think this is so important why a story is important for everything. Not just tequila, but you know, a brand around the world, a person, kind of knowing like, you know, exactly where they came from and where they're going. And so let's cheers to that because I'm really interested on seeing your heritage. <laughs> Which I know quite a bit about, but then also we kind of haven't spoken really, really for like properly in depth for like the last five, six years. Yeah. And I know you've been up to a lot of shit. So um, I'm really excited to see how that journey has been. So let's start with like, so where are you from, Susan? Um, I'm originally from Perth, Western Australia. I grew up in a like a little house far out in the countryside. Um, I, yeah, I, I ended up leaving Australia when I was a bit older. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it my home anymore, just because I've visited so many places in the world, I kind of consider Earth as my home now. But um, yeah, little country girl. You say Earth. 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 Yeah, I'm from Earth. Someone's like, where, where are you based? Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the coolest replies. Really? Yeah. Uh, I usually get a look for it, but... I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you leave Perth and where did you go? I left Perth in 2015. Um, I was around 20 at the time. Um, I moved to London. I was with a long-term boyfriend at the time. And uh, at that time, I just, I wanted to get married. I want to have children. By the age of 23, 24, 25, I had to have kids. Um, and I flew over to London. I wanted to pursue a modeling career, um, but that kind of went a bit sideways while I was there. Um, yeah. Uh What, what do you mean sideways? Just because I went there, I, I was very new to life. I wanted to become like an Instagram influencer. I wanted to be seen everywhere. Like my goal was to have my face all over the world which 
is bizarre to me now, but that that is what I wanted. And unfortunately, like a couple years in, I got quite depressed and I ended up flying back to Australia. And then I was attacked by a dog on my face. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I couldn't really do the modeling anymore because I kind of looked like, what was that thing you called me? <laughs> so let's rewind back so I can give the context. Sorry. I'll <laughs> <laughs> never forget that. I will never forget that either. So, so let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's rewind. So um, you have wanting to have kids and everything like uh-huh. that. Your mom's from Portugal. Yeah. So was she like very like that? Because your mom's like a very, cla- like she's a classic traditional Portuguese woman. Mm. Who, that's kind of what she wants for everyone, right? Yeah. My parents are still together, which ages ago, if you said that your parents weren't together, it was just bizarre. But now saying that your parents are together is just out of this world. But they've got, my mom and dad have a beautiful relationship and that's something that I saw growing up. So it made me want what they had. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very traditional, very loving, very caring. Just, yeah. That, and I guess that's why I wanted what they had at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, I love your parents. Your parents are cool. They are really lovely. Yeah. They keep to themselves. Like no one ever see see them, but they're like the most kindest people on this planet. I've had a very lovely childhood because of them. So you flew back uh, to Perth and yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, You and me met when you came back to Perth. Mm -hmm. We went out a couple of times. We had some hilarious shit. I don't know if like, because we'll cut this up into shorts, but like when the shorts happen, we should be like, this is how it started. (laughs) And it was um, you and me, I think we went out. I don't know, what, what did we do? Did we go out for drinks? So I think we went, oh. what, what happened was I flew back to Australia. Um, I, I was quite depressed in, in London. I was quite sad. And then I ended up flying back just to feel better, be with my friends, be with my family. And I thought that one of my friends, Blake, had messaged me. Right. <laughs> and he was like, hey, what's up? What have you been up to? Or like... Are you in Perth? And I was like, yeah, how are you? Do you want to hang out? What not? And then it wasn't until you were on your way to come to see me that I was like, hang on, this isn't Blake Hobson or whatever his name was. I was like, this is Blake Coleman. And then I went onto your profile and I was like, oh, okay, this is not who I thought I was messaging, but he seems like a nice guy. My, like I'd seen that you're on like a, a TV series and I was just like, okay, I'm going to, I'll, 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 I'll let this happen. He seems like a nice guy. And yeah, like literally until you're on your way, I had no idea who you were, but we hit off like mm-hmm. a house on fire. So we, so we went out, like we went out for, I think we went for dinner at, uh, it was a little creatures mm-hmm. started there. Yeah. And then we will, we end up getting like a little bit tipsy, but you got real retarded. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to can't be canceled. It's the same, <laughs> That's but <fair>. whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, we had like that that funny video of like me pushing you in the trolley. Yeah. It was just like, just funny stuff. It was like Tweedledee, Tweedlebee yeah. meeting each other. We're just a bunch of idiots, man. Yeah. Classic. Like, dumber. Yeah, I think that's like why we like connected really well. We're just had yeah. so much fun. Yeah. And then so we're like, we're hanging out for a little bit and then something like crazy happened. Yeah. And this is inside. That, tell us the story of what happened with, with the dog. So fucked up. Um, 
I mean, just take a sip. Mm. So I think we met just before New Year's Eve. And then I said, oh, I'm going to go camping with my friends um, to bring in the new year. So my friends all wanted to go camping. I think it was like a few hours away down south. And I, I remember saying to my mom, I have a bad feeling about this. And my mom was like, I do too. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't go. And my mom was like, maybe you shouldn't. But of course, whenever you feel those feelings, you kind of put it to the side and I ended up going. And when we were driving down, we got a flat tire. And I was like, oh, another sign, I shouldn't go. And, not, and also another thing to add to that was when my flight from London to Australia, coming to Australia, my flight number was 911. And there's a video of me going, I don't think I should take this flight. I think something bad's gonna happen. I don't know if I manifested it or if I was predicting it, but I went down, had a lovely time. My friends were all together. They brought a mutual friend over who had their dog with them. It was like this, I can't remember the breed. It was like this pit bull cross, just this massive big dog, like just. I thought it was a pit bull cross, like Rottweiler or something. It was, weird. yeah, it was just think of like two really weapons dogs mm -hmm. put together and bred like it was a security dog but and it looked very scary but my friend was like oh yeah he's a lovely dog he's so nice and I was like okay and I was playing with the dog and then um it hit New Year's Eve and we were all doing the countdown and we were all having some drinks and my friends were like, oh, we're going to go exploring because we were out in the middle of nowhere, like no reception, no signal, no nothing. And my friends were like, oh, we're going to go explore. And I was like, I'm a little bit wavy. I think I'm going to stay by the fire pit and just chill out because I don't want anything to go wrong. I don't want to slip and fall somewhere in the dark because I, I can be a bit clumsy. <laughs> so I'm sitting, chilling, and then I'm like, oh, I need to go to the car and get some papers out of my, my bag. And as I go to the car, I open the car door to get my bag out. And my friend's dog is in the back of the car. And I'm grabbing my stuff and I'm like, hey, Baba. And this dog just jumps up, bites my face, rips me around like a little rag doll. And I just screamed and fell back. And it, nothing hit me at all at that point point of time I was just in shock and just shut the door and ran to my friend's my other friend's car got in there and as I pulled the the review mirror and I've seen that my mouth had gone like all the way up here and my nose was like hanging off um like my eyelashes had all been ripped down I had like this big cut under my eye and I just remember going <laughs> like fucking losing it and I think I just went in shock. I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel, I, I kind of started losing my mind. Um, luckily someone had like some sort of Xanax there to kind of calm me down because if I didn't have that, I probably would have lost, lost my chops. Um, but yeah, I was just losing my mind going, no one's ever going to love me again. How am I going to be a model? I, I just wanted to be a model. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. Like, help me. And 
we were so far out, we had no service, so no one could call an ambulance. I was lucky that some people there could had um, experience with first aid. So they were like wrapping me up. We had to drive a few hours to get some service, called an ambulance. The ambulance took its time, came down, took me to the closest like country surgeon. And he's like, they're stitching me up, like just, just like an animal, like those sort of stitches. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, you look like one of those button-eyed rag dolls, you know, the, <laughs> and I was just like, rah, like, why, why would you say that? Um, Classic country bumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about my feelings at all, but it, yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, and I remember like being so calm and cool about it. Like, even though I was freaking out, there'll be times where I was like taking a photo going like this, cause there was nothing I could do about it. You know, just trying to make light of the situation. Um, and the next day the owner of the dog wouldn't speak to me. And I kind of thought, did I do something to you? Like, what's, what's your deal? I, I guess that maybe he was going through some shock of his own. So everyone, everyone like reacts to things differently. So I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, ended up going back home. My, my mom was like freaking out. My poor mom, my mom would say to me, I made you so perfect and you keep ruining my work. that's all I could hear at the time in my head um and luckily she had some advice from someone that said that I should go to another hospital to get some plastic surgery done because if I didn't I would have had huge caterpillar scars all over my face Mm -hmm. so I went to um uh Princess Fiona Stanley Mm -hmm. um hospital and they could have turned me away because it wasn't an emergency because I'd already been stitched up. But I think because they saw me as this young girl who had just had her life taken away and changed, they were just like, all right, we're going to bring you in. We're going to give you plastic surgery and we're going to fix you to the best that we can. Mm-hmm. And that's how my face looks the way that it does now. Um, Perfect. Yeah. That's basically what what happened in in that moment so then me being like oh i've just i've just met this nice guy and like what am i gonna do um i'll with rick and morty (laughs) yeah um so yeah for, for me to even show my face to anyone like my face was coming out of here like it was like having a big chipmunk on this side, big, big scars, big puffiness. Um, and I, in my mind, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go back to normal. It's fine. Once the swelling goes down, it's going to be fine. And the doctors are like, she's got permanent nerve damage. And I'm like, maybe it's not going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was very, very horrible. Like, not what you expect. But they always say that the things that come and blindside you happen on a random Tuesday that you least expect. So, yeah. So at a at a young age, this happens. And the question I have is, you know, you, you're in the modeling career and everything like that. And then we were hanging out for a bit. Um, and then I, I tried to crack a joke in the most best context way. And it didn't come out 
at all did not sound and i'll say it because like you know like, but it was a bit later that you said it so it wasn't like you had it said wasn't the this. next day and i'm like oh yeah yeah so i said yeah i was trying to crack a joke and like make you feel better about something <laughs> and i but the way i said it came out so wrong i'll never forget it yeah i know all i remember is i don't remember like the exact sentence i just remember like two-faced and like I was laughing when I said it, and then you were distraught, and I was like, "That's not what I meant." I, I meant- was like, "Who's Two Face? Who's Two Face?" And you're like, "You know the guy from Batman." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta uh, if I could like find those. I'm pretty sure I think you screenshot it and sent it to me as well, like eight years and years ago. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. it's lucky I have a good sense of humor. Yeah. But yeah, okay. and you weren't wrong. I literally look like that. You didn't talk to me for two days, but did I not? Yeah. Oh, I think little. I think it was one day. I was a little sucky lala back in the day. Yeah, but that you so <laughs> deserve it. Some little fuck boy is like yeah, two two face, of course. But surprised <laughs> you even like talk to me again. But the thing is, is that even though you had that comment, you were still coming and showing up every day. Like you would still come and see me. You'd still hang out with me. We'd go to parties together. We would do things. And even though I did look like two face. It didn't seem to bother you at all. And I I always, I think I even remember saying to you, you're like a guardian angel that came into my life because if I didn't have you during that time, my confidence would not have been there. Like you made me feel so normal that I didn't even see the scars in the mirror because you made me feel like I was pretty and that there was nothing wrong even though you made the comment at that point maybe that's why i was so shocked i was like oh maybe that's how he actually thinks but i really do believe that you were a guardian angel that came into my life and i really needed you there like you really made me feel confident even though i looked like two-faced <laughs> well i love batman so <laughs> yeah oh well i think it's because i liked your soul you have a pure energy yeah and and we also, like, we laugh a shit ton as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, and, like, this is why I'm being so excited to do this with you, because we've had so many funny times, and you introduced me to the world of Rick and Morty. And, like, Morty. I'm, like, forever grateful on that. I do have, like, a question. Are you sick and tired of opening doors and then going somewhere? Yes. <laughs> oh, look, no further. <laughs> Welcome to Fake Doors. <laughs> what? Made myself tequila. Look, look, fake doors. Yeah, still selling fake doors. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to have that, someone. That must be where he lives. <laughs> oh my god, it's still the commercial. It's still going. <laughs> yeah, I love that show. Such a fantastic, smart show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now you're gonna get me hooked on because you, you and Bryden were selling me on uh, season twenty of South Park, and yes, that that's more like Rick and Morty. Whenever I ask someone. Um, have you seen South Park? They always say, oh, when I was a kid, I remember the Backstreet Boy or the Michael Jackson episode or whatnot, but it's not really for me. I'm like, well, if you like Rick and Morty and you like really out there cartoons and whatever, watch from season 20 onwards to South Park. They really go to places that you would never expect. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that comes out of their mouth, you're just like, I cannot believe they got away with it. It is very witty. It's very current. It's Isn't it cool to see South Park has been going on for uh, almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's basically the funny version of Simpsons. And oh, yeah. I mean, Simpsons has been going on for like 60 years. But 
uh it's really interesting to like the 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 founders of south park the creators on how they just really continuously to develop themselves and understand the market mm -hmm. and always trying to adapt and push the limits mm -hmm. like it's really awesome to see that's happening all the time yeah they say what people are thinking whereas i think in the simpsons they're a little bit more safe mm -hmm. because they have like a different audience um, but with South Park, yeah, everything that you really think, it comes out of their mouths. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. maybe I'm a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you go back to London mm. eventually, and then uh, you're doing your thing in London. So then you started uh, becoming friends with a lot of other great people who speak their mind, say it how it is. Um, very like understanding the market as well, like as creators, very viral types of people, funny people. Mm -hmm. How did that journey go from you going back to London and, and starting to, you know, meet these new people and, and what was the journey from then on when you're still dealing, you know, with, with everything that was going on? I just find it crazy that even though I had all of these scars on my face, what I thought was a possible start becoming possible. So before I went to London in the first place, people would say to me, who do you want to meet when you go to London? Do you want to meet the Queen? Do you want to meet Prince Harry? Who do you want to meet? I'm like, oh, I like this influencer called Jack Jones. Like he does these silly videos where he's like on his phone in a public place going, well, I might just shut my pants. And like he'd get the reaction of people. And I loved those sort of videos at the time. So I was like, Oh, I just, I just want to meet Jack Jones or I'd like to meet some funny influencers, rah, rah, rah. I, I just want them to come to me and do a prank on me and me be in the background. Like, that's all I want. And then when I flew back after the dog bite, I was working in a nightclub and Jack Jones came in to the venue. And of course, I was going to act like I didn't know who he was. I was like, yay, and keep it professional as well. But he was like, I love your vibe. Do you want to be in a video with me? And I was like, okay, yeah, why not? And he was like, yeah, Tuesday. So on Tuesday, we went and we filmed some things. And it was just, it was just crazy because I was like, this is who I wanted to meet and I'm actually meeting them. And then from that, I started making connections. Um, I ended up getting a blue tick because of all the articles that were out about me. And back in the time, I was like, I just want a blue tick. I just want a blue tick, you know? And then when I got blue tick, I realized that it doesn't mean shit. It just means you are who you are. But I ended up getting everything that I wanted. And with this blue tick at the time, it was easier for me to reach out to different people and get them to respond back to me. And yeah, I, I ended up getting everything that I wanted in that sort of way. People be like, oh, come do this video. We love your energy. Come do this. Come do that. Um, so then I started doing silly TikToks and silly Instagram videos. Is it tiring to do those? Because there's a lot of scripting and there's a lot of staging in all of those videos. Mm -hmm. Is it tiring set it up, setting it up? Or were you kind of like a natural into, okay, set the pose. Okay, this is what we're doing. Or did you guys have to pre-plan a lot to that? It's funny, you would think that the, a lot of pre-planning went in place, but it's just whatever comes to the top of your head. With, with the people that I filmed with, it was just, oh, I think this will be funny, and then film it there and then. Um, there was no planning, no nothing. 
um, a lot of things are staged, um, but a lot of things are real. Like it's very weird. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't all lights and production and cameras and anything. It was everything on mobile phones. And mm-hmm. what? I remember the era and you were in this, some of these videos. <laughs> The ones where, like, you'd be walking next to, um, like, a guy would be walking next to their girl and they'd just, like, they'd be talking, talking, and then they'd just, like, throw them into the bush. Yeah. That was the first video that I did. Is that the one? Yeah, that was actually with Jack Jones and... um. So, like, back then, because that doesn't happen anymore now because everyone's more creative than that. But how viral did that really go? I'd say, like, over 17 million views more than that like 700 million like I I remember looking at that and being like wow and I'd share it on my Facebook and then my Facebook would get like 12 likes (laughs) I'd be like yeah but there's like 700 million views here um but it's so weird because at the time I just I just wanted likes I wanted views I wanted people to see who I was and I was willing to do anything to get that like not anything but I was prepared to make myself look like an idiot to get that you know which is bizarre to me now but that is what I wanted but I'd come up with a lot of the ideas which is insane um I remember like he was like oh I'm gonna do this prank on you and I was like okay I'm gonna take all my clothes off in the middle of the middle of uh, Leicester Square and you'll get a lot more reaction he was like yeah, yeah, let's do that. I was like, okay, okay. And and yeah, I'd take my clothes off in the middle of Leicester Square, freaking out that there was a bee on me. And I remember that one. That was actually like pretty funny. Yeah. And at the time, that's what people wanted to see. Yeah. It, now when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that's very cringe. But that's what everyone wanted to see at the time. And no wonder it got so many views. But do you know what also was cringe? What, what I used to wear in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of us, don't you worry. Yeah, I look I look back, right, and I'm like, ugh. But that's, at that time, uh, moment in time, this is when people, are, when they go back and go, oh, I can't believe I did that. We did it back then because we thought it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And people sometimes just get held up on that lack of their regrets. You made it a decision. Mm-hmm. It seemed to be the right decision at the time. Whether you had fun or not, it's not regardless. It's like, yeah. it is what it is. I wouldn't change anything going back at all. Like, everything that happened is where it's led me now. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. So so how did that change? So you what at what point did you realize and kind of have like the aha of God, oh, I don't actually want to do that one for other people? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're getting like a video that's 17 million or 700 million, whatever it is, anything over a million. I've noticed this a lot that if you tag someone in a video that's a viral video like that, the other person doesn't really, who's in the video, doesn't ever get a following because it's not their brand. Yeah. And it's coming in, when it's posted on a person's channel, that's where the followers come. That's where the algorithm happens. And... Like my goal for this show is to be able to create so much content directly just for my guests yeah. like yourself so that we can get the shorts in and then we can really get this value coming out 
because in a show like this, it's the value that's the most important thing. And, you know, so far, like you've shared so many insane stories and I really think that's important. So that's my goal, you know, and that's my, my want and my passion. And for you though, what, what do you sort of like, when did you realize that, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Regardless, it's cringe, but how do you feel about that whole being able to build your own brand to actually do what you really want to do. There are so many things that I want to say about this that I just, oh, okay. I think me not getting the views myself was strictly just my fault. Like I was always the extra. I was always the person that they would have on board, but it was always for their channel. If I turned around and said, hey, I want to do this, they would have 100% got on board with me and done these videos. But I think at the time I was such a people pleaser and I didn't want to ask them to to do these things. And also I didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of just followed with it. Like that's all down to me. That's why I don't have the, the clout. That's why I don't have the following. That's why I don't have the views on my own thing. Um, but maybe that's because I didn't want that in my heart. I don't know, but I, I just wanted the views because everyone else wanted the views and I never even thought about what was the point of this? Why, what's the number going to change in my life? Like I'm just sitting there looking and waiting for a number to pop up until I'm satisfied. Why? But this all didn't come to me until maybe a few years ago when I'd always been depressed my whole entire life, always down, didn't see the meaning of life. Um, And then the dog bite and I just hated the way I looked. I hated the way I felt. I, I don't know, I stumbled in this really dark place and then one day my friends were like, oh, let's all go to Amsterdam and I was like, okay. Let's go to Amsterdam. And they said to me when we were in Amsterdam, oh, we all want to do mushrooms. And I remember going to a shop and they were like, oh, we're doing mushrooms. We're going to do 10, 10 grams, mushrooms, mushrooms. And I said to the guy behind the counter, I don't want to take any mushrooms. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a shit ton. <laughs> I've taken five out of my mind. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to take this because I have depression. And I'm worried that this is going to make me lose my mind. I've heard about the orange juice boy that took too much acid and thought he was a glass of orange juice, which I don't believe actually happened. <laughs> Have you heard this story? No. He, apparently he took so much acid or mushrooms that he ended up thinking he was a, a glass of orange juice and he couldn't ever be tipped over. Yeah, but I think that's a... Sounds delicious. Yeah, so that, yeah. <laughs> put some tequila on it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here he is right now, my next guest. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously I was like super scared about taking it, but because I was so depressed, I didn't really give a shit in the same time. So I was like, fuck it. And the guy behind the counter said, actually, this is known to help with depression. Like, uh, people come out of this healed. And I was like, good luck. I've been on all sorts of medication and nothing works, but kudos, whatever. 
my friends and I, we go back to the Airbnb and we got these mushrooms or I think they were truffles actually. We had some truffles as well. And I remember like, I, I'd seen a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts and different things. So I kind of was aware of what to expect. I knew I was going to see some freaky things. But when I took it, I said to everybody, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm just going to put some headphones in and I'm just going to sit in silence. And as I've gone into the bathroom, I've looked at my hands and I've seen all of these different patterns through my hands going, whoa, what the hell? And just looking around and I'm in like this tiny cubicle, actually probably the size of this couch with a toilet because in Amsterdam the toilets are so tiny. You can literally put your head against the wall and in, in this tiny spot. I remember just standing up and looking down and seeing all this darkness and sadness and depression. And then I looked up and I saw these hearts and rainbows and love, light. And I just felt like I was getting like pulled up in this Willy Wonka glass lift being pulled out of this sadness and depression. And I was like, oh my God. I opened the door and I was like, guys, everything is so beautiful. And I had tears running down my eyes, like just my face just covered in tears going like just looking around everything was beautiful whatever I was seeing was just magic and in that moment like I I saw a shit ton like my friends were all just but I was somewhere else I was in a whole different dimension like I was going through some sort of ego death my whole my whole perspective of life was changing and there was this moment where like I was like I need to get my phone out and just start typing all these things in because I was getting downloads of information and I was like I have like this whole thing on my phone that I carry with me and every now and then if I feel down I'll read it and it will just bring me back up but in these messages it was like begin again begin again how do we begin again there is something more out there there is more than meets the eye I am God we all are we are all one I'm floating through a version of reality like be open to other people's minds and perspectives. I'm not the only person on this planet. And me before taking it, I was a full on atheist. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in anything. And after taking it, I started believing in God. And then I'd walk out of the bathroom and all of a sudden within one second, I saw through every single person's eyes on this planet. Like within half a second, I felt the whole entire human being feeling. And I literally dropped to my knees and I was like, my life is not that bad. My life is not bad at all. There is so much pain in the world. And I fell back and had this white glow around me. I felt like I was being healed. And I ended up going to sleep that night. And when I woke up, it was like I was looking through a new lens it was like I was looking through new eyes. It was like I'd been reborn, refreshed, wiped clean. And I was walking around, I was picking up rubbish, putting it in the bin, even though it wasn't my rubbish. Looking up, seeing a cat in the window, being like, that's so lovely. Just having so much appreciation for life. And then I was like, what am I doing with my own life? Why am I making myself look like an idiot in order to get these likes? Instagram is literally just one big popularity contest. Like, what am I getting? Am I getting money out of it? No. What is it? And I really sat and reflected on myself and was like, how have I been programmed to see likes as a currency? How 
unless I'm making money out of it, which I wasn't, what am I actually doing? And then I looked at my videos and I see videos of me walking down the street and vomiting on someone like as a prank and being like, is this really the bar that I want to set for people? And I was like, no. And from that moment on, I completely changed everything, my whole way of thinking. And yeah, that's what changed my whole entire life, my whole perspective. That's what made me not want to be cringe and desperate for likes. It's like that, that guy, that avocado guy, I was speaking about this yesterday, that um, he's a mukbang. Mukbang? Is it mukbang where you eat the food? Mukbang. Just those. Huh? <coughs> like there's those influencers that sit on the, in front of TV and they eat food, just that so you just eat food. And there's this guy who was really thin and he was doing different videos and then found that he'd get a lot of views by eating this food. And seeing his journey, he's gone from someone that I would say was maybe like 70 kilos or maybe 60 kilos to end up being like pushing nearly 200 kilos. Wow. Yeah. Just because yes. views yeah. and he's like. I was like, you just sold your soul. You don't, you're not even you. And yeah, I saw that and I was like, I'm not too far from that. Like I'm doing it in different ways. I'm, I'm making myself look like an idiot you know and i still see it today like you go on your lives and you have people like thank you for the rose thank you for the rose or like you're like yeah thank you for the rose um oh ice cream yeah like and then there'll be people that will like bang their heads with a bottle or like hit themselves in the face or you know, and people are like sending money to, for them to do that. I'm like, why can't we send money for someone, you know, breaking codes or like learning new things about the universe or understanding why we're here in the first place? Mm -hmm. But we're literally like cheering on stupid people. Mm -hmm. Like, we that's know. not what I'm going to sign up to. It's like the movie we watch. Idiocracy. That's where we're going. And everyone thinks it's like, it's a, it's a joke, mm -mm. but you look at that stuff. Ima imagine if you watch Idiocracy, uh, for those viewers at home, go look up Idiocracy. It's this guy who is in the army and they wanted to do a experiment where they'd freeze someone in for a year mm -hmm. and then they'd unfreeze them and then they'd see, oh, what has changed. But then the plan went to shit they ended up getting frozen for like 550 years or something like that. And then everyone in the population has an IQ of like 12. Yeah, and so, not even. <laughs> yeah. So the two people that got frozen, they've got an IQ of, I think it was like 100 or 100. Which was average. 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 They're the most smartest people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of look at that and like, okay. So, I mean, I look at it as attention. Two questions I want to ask. One, did you communicate that with, the your friends who were like the big you know influencers and youtubers and stuff or did you just kind of like slowly just move i just detached myself because who am i to put my thoughts over to them like i was the one putting up my hand going yeah i'll vomit on on someone yeah i'll, I'll do this video i'll do that video but they were making money out of what they were doing so mm -hmm. that's that's their part but it wasn't something for me 
So I just slowly detach myself. And then if there was like a video that would come up, I would then be able to say yes or no, I want to do do that because I wanted to respect myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, did you actually, so you never knew the actual scientific uh, um, results of like what mushrooms actually do to your synapse in your brain? Like I had an idea and because I was so depressed, there was a there was a moment maybe two, three months before having the mushrooms where someone was like, you need to go and see a psychiatrist. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I went and I couldn't even look him in the eye. I couldn't look people in the eye. I was just like, like this or always, like I, I couldn't speak. And I would say, I feel like I have wires pulled out of my brain. Like, I feel like everything's meant to be plugged in together, but I had wires that were plugged in the wrong spots. Like my brain was always thinking, 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 thinking. I walk out my house, I'd be fine walking down the street. And then my thoughts, by the time I got to the end of the road, I was in pieces. Like I was distraught. Uh, and I would always say, I just want everything to get plugged back into the right part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of felt like mushrooms could kind of help in that sort of way. So I was a little bit more open to taking them, but I was also scared of the negative stories that people would talk about. I mean, yeah. But honestly, like out of every antidepressant, out of everything that I've ever had, it's always masked the feeling. This was the only thing that completely changed my mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I, I recommend it to anyone that is yeah. suffering from depression. Or... I want to, I want to give my sister a huge dose because she would, um, she would benefit from a lot, a lot yeah. of trauma. So for everyone who doesn't understand like how like mushrooms work, I always direct them to the Netflix special. Um, uh, it's the Mind Explained. Mm-hmm. And so there's four chapters in that. And one, they talk about, uh, first one, psychedelics, mushrooms mainly, a little bit MDMA in it. Next one is, um, no, apologies. Uh, I think the first one is like um, mushrooms. Then they talk about MDMA. Then they talk about acid. Then they talk about something else. Mm-hmm. And the sci- And this is really why I think it's amazing where we are in this world now. So many countries, Australia just legalize the medicinal purposes for mushrooms and MDMA. Mm -hmm. And you wonder why when people take pure MDMA at a festival, you never see anyone fighting. Because everyone's just feeling love. Yeah, because it's 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 synthesized in a way where it's it's works with your chemical compounds. Now when I learned about mushrooms, I've been taking mushrooms for a long time. Mm -hmm. But when I've been feeling wrong, not wrong, um when I have been feeling not myself or I feel like I'm sh- dealing with something, I like to really dive deep and I'll take probably five grams and I have this little ritual and this has helped a lot. So, But it only works once you understand the scientific side to it. Because mm-hmm. so many people when we're growing up, when I, worked, I grew up, we used to take mushrooms just for fun because we thought, ah, oh, sick, we like, we're going high. Yeah, we're going to do some yeah. shit. Yay. <laughs> Colors, man. You know? <laughs> And then, um, and then it wasn't until six, seven years ago, I learned about how mushrooms affect your synapse in your brain. So our brain is wired to circulate, right? So that's what we call it circuits. Mm-hmm. And so when you have um, certain things that happen in your life that are traumatic, it ends up becoming a blocker 
And so certain circuits can't actually continue moving around and building new circuits. Mm -hmm. So personal development. If you don't learn, you die. Yeah. Right? If you don't learn, you don't grow. That's yeah. it, right? If you don't learn to become, you know, if you're a professional athlete, if you don't learn to become better, get the next PB, you know. You're left in the dust. Everything like that, right? You end up going down. Um, and the same thing is with our mind. And people don't understand this. This is the reason why sitting down and watching Netflix every single night or consuming your phone, scrolling every single hour of the day, puts you into autopilot. If you become autopilot, then you don't think for yourself and you're thinking and you're consuming everyone else's shit. Mm -hmm. Whether it's funny, whether it's... Even if it's like entertaining, whatever it is. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Fake doors. <laughs> and so what I learned is the mushroom, the psychedelic, is able, is able to open up new pathways in your brain so that if you're coming and you're, and like you're thinking about one thing, a trauma, and it mm -hmm. keeps on bouncing back and you keep on doing that circle. And when people can see this, like when people are watching this and you think, when did I get angry about something? When did I feel upset about something? How long did it take for me to actually be positive again or happy again? Because I spent two days, three days, even a week thinking about the same thing over and over and over, but it didn't become the same trauma. It ended up becoming bigger, yeah. becoming bigger. And then I started thinking about my future. And then I was like, and then my life's completely shit. Mm -hmm. you know? And so what the, what the mushrooms does it from a scientific level actually opens new pathways. So you might come and hit this roadblock, but then it comes again and the mushrooms kick in and it kind of misses and mm -hmm. puts, you, puts your synapse off. Yeah. And then you start building new pathways and that's when you start having those experiences. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you take that out, then you start going, oh, wow, that is not me. That is not really what's happening. Yeah. And if people can come to like align with this is something that is not man-made, it comes from the earth. It comes from the earth. It comes from the earth. And it's something that can benefit people a hell of a lot. I remember when I was depressed and I took a huge hit, like half my problems just like disappeared. Yeah. It's crazy to see the images of how your, is it your neurons, your how it all works. So you have a brain, like a normal brain, and you see all the pathways. And then you have a brain that's just had mushrooms and it's just like this big web of expansion. Mm. And you see that it opens up different perspectives of life. So my whole life, I had like this very narrow view of the world. And then after I took the mushrooms, it opened up. Like I could see from different points of view that I would never have seen before. Like, it's insane. Like, it, it, I feel like we all kind of have, like, these blinders on us that from a young age, from going to school, from all the media, from everything, you kind of create, like, these blinders and you kind of create, like, this narrow sort of view. And when you take mushrooms, it takes those blinkers up. Like, that's, that's the best way that I can describe it yeah. for anyone not knowing what. I agree. Yeah. Opened you up completely. Yeah. Like, I'm a big conspiracy theorist now because I'm so open to the possibilities of what could be, you know, and I love that. I think that it's fun because you can question everything, you know, like my, like my 
I just, I just don't get it. So would you like another one? I would love one. Thank you. Like, I have, I don't know if you have the same thing as me, but it's just like, do you not question why we exist? Why we're here? What is going on? So, I mean, you know, for me, like I grew up in a real religious household. Yeah. And so everything for me was, was like, this is it. Like we have a God, um, like my yeah. family's parents, um, religion was just, uh, a certain thing. Uh-huh. It wasn't heaven or hell or anything like that. Um, great people, but there's just something always for me. I'm like. The universe is stupid big, right? Yeah. And I was just, I was looking at um, some articles because I love space and I love the potential and I love, I love seeing what could be like on the cards. And I found out that the sun is older than the earth. Uh-huh. The ocean is older than the sun. That's pretty fucking bonkers. And... Then there's uh, there's something like 1,500 other planets around that have the same chemical compounds as Earth that have the ability to have life. And so why are they so far away, right? Mm. It is because it is what it is. But I'm like, okay, what's happening with all these, like, I mean, we've been talking to Itali- uh, aliens and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And like all the stuff that's going around. We just, we literally don't know. And if you're telling me that, I get it. We we came from somewhere. I just don't know. And yeah. because I don't know, because I don't have evidence, I can't make, I don't have faith like that. I'm like, what well, I'm like, I'm like, I believe in the universe. Mm-hmm. I think the universe is amazing. It's easy to see that I like to live my life where if you throw something out there, it comes back, mm-hmm. whether that's negative, positive, And that's how I live my life now. So going for like 18 years of one way of thinking. Yeah. Then having this kind of like going off, you know, the different pathway and then taking like another like kind of like six, seven years and then being open to just learning about other things. When I started taking mushrooms, took ayahuasca. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then I started just finding other people and like my ayahuasca like story is crazy, which really made me feel that. There's, there's just something else. We don't know what it is. There's, yeah. You know, I hear there's angels and there's not, but whatever it is, right? We just don't know. Mm-hmm. But all I really try to care about right now is, one, have a hell good time in this life. Mm-hmm. Two, just work on being a good human. Yeah. And, of course, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a cunt sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, Aren't we? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> But overall, I want the best for everyone. Uh-huh. And like, if we just live that way, whatever comes is going to come. Yeah. All I know is that okay, I live every day being the best human as I possibly can, have a good time, I'm happy, uh-huh. and I'm happy and I'm, I'm really knowing who I am. If I just live my life that without having some sort of like, oh, we have a God, whatever yeah. like this, then I know that I'm just going to do much better to everyone around the world. Yeah. I'm going to either impact some people positively or I'm going to make someone have a good day by smiling at them because mm-hmm. I'm always smiling when I walk past the people. And this is the reason why I love living in Bali. The local people here, when you're 
just driving past them, like on a scooter, yeah. they'll smile, they smile back. Yeah. Back in Australia or America, you smile at someone, they think you're going to... Yes, okay. yes still their firstborn. Yeah. yeah. Or like try and start a sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a bit exaggerated, but... So yeah, but um, I mean, do you believe in aliens? So this is my thing. I feel like if there are aliens, okay, so for us, we are on earth and we have our senses. We can smell, we can touch, we can taste. We have senses for this planet and the thing that we're on. What if other species, so if you look at Mars, there's nothing there. But what if they're just vibrating on a different frequency and you just can't see them or they have different senses that we don't have so then we can't explore that planet the way that they do and we can see them. Like I just find it very bizarre to think that in this whole entire world, something else will be able to have the exact same senses that we will and the same exact physical body that we have in the exact same frequency that we vibe on to come here. Like, I just wonder that if it's all already happening on this planet, if that makes sense, like, maybe they're already here. Maybe when you take the mushrooms, that's when you can actually see them and speak to them, because that's how I felt when I was on mushrooms. I I had these different entities around me that were not me. They were a lot smarter than I was. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it's coming from within and I'm speaking to myself within or if they're actually physically there. But I just, I don't know. I don't trust the government. I don't trust what they're saying about these aliens coming to Earth because they say that it's like non-biological whatever, which could mean absolutely anything. Um, I'm curious about old civilizations that used to be on this planet. Fascinated about Like what happened to them? It was a really long time ago. Like the history is, just doesn't make sense. The, the timelines don't add up. I feel like there's been like this repeated cycle. Maybe that's what they were trying to show us with the snake that eats itself. It's just like this ongoing mm-hmm. thing that just keeps on happening. I I don't know if they're, I don't know if we're the aliens. I don't know if they exist. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I really, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I got here. I can't remember getting here. <laughs> I just, this whole idea of being alive is just so fucking weird to me that I love it and I'm so curious about it, but I just don't understand it. And the more I learn, the less I know. And I'm just surprised that a lot of people aren't as curious as I am into why we're alive, why we exist. People just want to get married, have children, which is lovely, but they don't have questions. Mm. Like, shouldn't we all be very curious to why we got here? Who was here? Tell me question shit. Yeah. Yeah, like who was here left in the dust before us? Like... I don't know. And I don't want to wait, like all of that, what you just said, plus I don't want to waste my life. So I want to go and have, like, I want to experience everything. Like I'm not, like as far down the rabbit hole as I am and I can't see the opening anymore, I'm so happy where I am and I'm just enjoying life. But I'm just so understanding that I don't know what's going on. Um, But then I feel like a lot of people are quite ignorant to it all or maybe they don't want to know. Maybe they just want to take the blue pill and just... yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Um, but for me, I'd take that red pill any day. Is it? While having fun. Yeah. You know? And like, live, love, love. <laughs> Eat, pray, love. 
Oh, that's such a good film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> love that film. So if so if aliens landed in Italy, does that mean we get to call them Italians? That's a good one. Ah, it's a serious question. I've had I've had a really good time. This isn't a question, it's leading into a question. Okay. (laughs) Everyone's like commenting, that's not a question, that's a statement. (laughs) Fake doors. Fake doors. That's all I'll say. Uh so um I just lost my statement. Really? It wasn't a question. Like it was originally a question and then I was gonna run into a statement. Anyway, so saying all that, oh that now I remember what I was saying. See, tequila is fantastic. Bring the party, not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the party, not the plan. <laughs> so um yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I think this has gone on for quite a long, which long time. This is the longest talk show we've had. Really? Oh, sorry. So let's let's <laughs> let's finish up because this has been amazing. We've had a lot of value and love listening to you know your journey. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I think people can definitely take away with and saying it's not the end of the world. Yeah, just question your life, question your existence. Yeah. yeah. Don't lose the plot, but just there's more than. Mm-hmm. what we're kind of going on with you know so now you're traveling the world mm-hmm. you've left london you're with your boy from brighton yeah amazing guy mm-hmm. shredded as fuck mm-hmm. um so now you're kind of just going with the flow and, and we we're having this chat a couple of days ago where you and now just really trying to figure out how can i you know not like go viral with that type of stuff, right? Because you kind of know, mm-hmm. but how do you do it in your own thing? How can I add value yeah. to the world? Yeah. Like I, I literally think, okay, I'm going to start this business with selling X. And then I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to add to the plastic problem in this world. Right? I'm going to add to like the, or the, I'm going to add to the fast fashion problem in this world. Like, and they go, okay, I don't really want to do that. And then I look at another path and I'm like, uh, I don't really want to do that either. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm just trying to be happy. I'm trying to do what makes me happy. And I'm trying to find a balance in what I can do to make money and be happy in the same time without causing harm to the planet, to other people and all that. So that comes down to the, to the final question. I mean, for you to figure all that out, you really need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. So how does oneself finds who they are and i want to talk i mean this can relate to guys and girls but you've gone through a lot as mm-hmm. a woman and i really want you to speak to that because guys can take this on as well because yeah. this shit happens to us but we're kind of built like brick shit houses you know where we're kind of like very sturdy rocky and we just like that's kind of how you know most males are built um but for yourself as a woman yeah you know, sensitive, emotional, that type of thing, going through a lot of crazy stuff, you know, the dog bite. How do you now, after all of that, know who you are so that you can take who you are and then give that value out to the world? Such a tricky question. Because I've looked at, I have videos on my phone of a few years ago before I took the mushrooms and I was crying saying, like people lust me, but they don't love me. And it's kind of funny looking at it going like, oh my God, that's not the worst situation in the world. 
But to me, it really was like it was hard for me to make friends because it was a lot of male friends, but they were all really just after one thing. Um, and I would say, I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. And I was very confused with the feeling of love. I thought that because I was feeling this way, the other person was feeling the exact same way. So I was very confused to why they were treating me poorly because I was like, if you love me, why are you treating me poorly? And I try to voice that to them. Like, come on, like you have to blah, blah, blah. Instead of being like, actually, I know my worth. This isn't what I want. You make me feel a bit shit. See you later. But I would keep trying to make it work. And that's what kind of put me down. I didn't value myself. I valued other people. I'd always say yes to everything, even if I don't want to. I think you just have to learn to love you, respect you, put you as number one. Like even with dating, like for women, a lot of girls would always say, oh, I hope he likes me. Uh Uh-uh. That's not what it's about. You're going in to see if you like him because it's like an interview. I guess, like a date's an interview. You're seeing if that person is going to fit your life. You're not wanting to make them want you. You're not going to change yourself in order to get them. You have to find your right match. And that's something that I really struggled with, like with friends, with boyfriends, with anything. I think until you realize what makes you happy, what you love, your interests, then you can find other people that can share that with you. And if they don't, that's completely fine. Um, but don't put, make, don't change who you are. Don't be cringe. Don't devalue yourself. Don't think of yourself as lower than anyone. We are all here as the exact same thing. We all don't remember coming to this planet. We all don't remember where we're from. Like we are all in the exact same boat. No one is better than the other. It doesn't matter if you have more money than the other. We are all the same fucking thing. And if until you realize that you are as worthy as everyone else, I think that's where the key is. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. We'll, we'll end on that note. Yeah. To finding your value. So that's, that's main. This has been such a great episode. It's been so good to actually catch up with you in depth. You as well. Uh, last question is, so now that you've had the show, the tequila, what would you rate the tequila out of 10th? Now with how wavy I am, I'm 10 out of 10, 100%. <laughs> <Let's go>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you again for joining. I'm so happy that uh, we got to do this, which is cool. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a few more tequilas after the show. Yeah, can we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you. And thank you for watching. Thanks for watching. Making sure you're commenting down below. Go like and subscribe. If you love tequila, you love stories about tequila, and you love listening to stories while drinking tequila, I think pretty sure we can actually do a little um, advert for them. (laughs) Tequila, no story, but it's good and makes you feel (laughs) (laughs) good. So thanks again for watching, and we will see you guys on the next episode with our next guest, who is absolutely adorable. Adios.